having you. I'm Donovan. And I'm Emily. And this is our last episode in our discipline series where we've been hearing from people from all different spaces and walks of life about how they choose to live their lives in a way um, that honors the Lord um, and um, involves self-control. And today we have our final guest, Donald Galito. Emily's going to tell you a little bit about him. Yes, so Donald Galito is my uncle. I've had the joy and pleasure of him being a voice in my life for many years, well, my whole life, and um, (laughs) he is a phenomenal leader, Uh, he loves the Lord, and he's been a great inspiration to me. Um, I might call him Uncle Donald during this episode because that's how I refer to him, so you'll just know who we're talking about. Uncle Donald, would you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm uh, Donald Galito, and uh, I'm just a... A uh, normal guy to me. I'm I'm just a normal person. Um, just a little background on me. I'm um, retired military. I retired from the Navy in 1999, and I've been uh, active in our church, local church here, churches in Springs in Russell Springs, and uh, I'm one of the youth leaders. I'm also one of the leaders in the Lake Cumberland area, Emmaus Chrysalis community, mostly the Chrysalis, and uh, the Chrysalis and Emmaus are just a, um, a retreat. Uh, the Mace is for adults, Chrysalis is for youth, 14 to 18, and uh, teach them on their journey with Christ through prayer, study, and action. And um, also a high school soccer official, so I see youth literally all year round. And um, I go to places like Otter Creek and Monticello, which is a fil- facility for young ladies, uh, for one of uh, young ladies who have no place to go because they've been either... Uh, uh, abandoned by their family, they're court ordered, or they literally have nowhere else to go. And the uh, Foothills Academy, which is in Clinton County, and it's the same uh, type of facility, but for young men. So that's just a little bit about me. That's awesome. One of the things that you said that I think is going to be so important and cool for this episode, and and why we wanted to talk to you is this idea of being a normal person. Um, and Donald, you just called yourself a normal person and then listed all these ways that God has afforded you the ability to carry out his mission, um, and make disciples. Um, and I think that's a discipline, um, that we view our life as um, an opportunity to live out the great commission at all times. And I think Emily and I both see that in you. Um, and we both know that there are spiritual disciplines that underline that. We know that there's private things that you're doing. Um, and so with that, um, we'll jump into our first question, um, which is, when did you start to see spiritual disciplines as being important to your life? Uh, well, uh, spiritual disciplines have uh, been very important uh, since I, well, i just give you a, a quick synopsis of my uh, testimony, because everybody has one. One is I, I came to life, well, I grew up in the Catholic Church. And uh, which is very, very uh, disciplined religion, but there was no actual, I didn't have a relationship with Christ mm-hmm. itself. You had to go through the priest in order to get absolution or forgiveness. And I learned later on in uh, when I came to Kentucky that um, the Christian walk with Christ is a personal relationship where you count on uh, God to. Uh, assist you on this journey this walk with him and I learned you know through my background in the military 
and uh, reading the Word of God that, you know, I, I'm a very uh, instructional kind of a person. I, I love to know facts. I love to read and research. And I found that in the Word of God that uh, I don't have to know everything. I don't have to really know a whole lot. I just have to learn how to trust and obey. And in trusting, I've learned that, you know, reading his word uh, more and more that he loves me more than I ever could ever imagine. And by obeying is showing other people that I love him by loving other people, which is no scriptural, you know. People will know that you are one of his disciples if you love one another. So being in his word and uh, praying not just daily but constantly and allowing him to work through my um, daily walk has been this one to me is not something I strive for. It's just something that is my way of life. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that because I think sometimes we think about discipline and it's a negative. When everyone's disciplined about, would you say that everyone's disciplined about some something? Everyone's living their life a certain way. Right, because discipline, you know, in itself, by definition, is you no know, training yourself to achieve a goal. All right, if you want, you want you know, like an athlete wants to train in order to, like, to win the prize, just like the Word of God says, you no, know, train to to win the prize. But you no, know, um, it's like inspections at work or in the military. I never prepare for an inspection ever. I want to be always inspection ready. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my favorite verses in the in the Word. It's First Peter three fifteen. It says, "Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone for the reason for the hope that you have, and do it in gentleness and kindness." So mm-hmm. I want to always be ready. So if somebody asks me, "Why do you live the way you do live?" I should never have to think about it. Never, because you know, uh, when I was a child, and my mom and dad were divorced when I was I was four or five years old. And I had had a fear of abandonment that if anyone got too close to me, they would leave me. And I found out with God, he says to write his word, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. And that's why I love him so much. Because he has never left me. He's never let me alone. He's never let me down. He has always been there. So when I wake up in the morning, at the time I go to bed, my goal is not discipline, but it's to live for him and to please him. It's so good. Uncle, while you're sharing all of that about your spiritual disciplines and why it's important to you, it had me thinking about all of the ways you live out the gospel through the mission work, if you will, that you do locally and throughout the region. How would you say that the spiritual disciplines that you keep in private affect the mission work, feet on the ground ministry that you do? Well, if I didn't do it in private, it would never happen in public. Because, you know, for me, I have have a routine. And, uh, you know, every day I I get up and I go take a shower. And then after that I sit down after I'm dressed and sit on this chair right at the end of, edge of our bed and start praying for about 15 20 minutes and that's how I start my day and then shortly after that I uh, 
dive into his word. And these things that I do in private are the things that prepare me for my daily walk mm-hmm. every single day. I, and I can tell the days that I don't do, which are, I don't remember the last time I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But oh. it without you know, uh, counting on him, I, I could never walk on this journey, ever. That's so good. It's funny that you said that about the days you can't remember a day that you hadn't did it because my next question was going to be the days that you hadn't done your spiritual disciplines. How are they different? That was going to be my question. So it's great that you can't even remember that. (laughs) That's why you're on this episode. Um, Can you remember starting any of those disciplines, Donald? Like, do you remember back to when you thought, okay, you know what? I, I feel the spirit leading me to start my day with prayer or more prayer or to be in the word. Do you remember when that started for you? Do you remember what it was like trying to cultivate a new rhythm like this? Uh, actually, yes. It was um, around the time when I uh, rededicated my life in 1998. And no, I, I, I gave my heart to Christ in August of 1980. But it was hard to you know live the, the life of a Christian because I had no one to uh, truly discipline, no, not discipline, but disciple me uh, on a daily basis. I mean, it was tough. You no, know, um, of course, once you give your life to Christ, the battle begins, and the battle was hard. I was a young man in the Navy, uh, single, with you no know, money in my pocket and nothing but time on my hands. And there's too many distractions, a whole lot of distractions. And, of course, I had to set myself apart because of what I just learned about the relationship with Christ. And it was tough. It was really, really hard. And I just had some people in my life that did not uh, show me a great example of how to live for Christ. I'm like, well, if that's the way that Christian life is, is lived, then I don't know if I want to be a part of that. So I step back no i didn't fall away i ran away from christ i was like this is not worth it that's the way it is so i was looking at a person instead of uh, god himself hmm. but in uh, september of 1998 that changed completely because it's just like the prodigal um when he was off uh spending all of his father's money on partying and just lavish spending and living um, when he was down in the pig pen. And I imagine, no, because I I grew up raising pigs too back in Mississippi, and I know how pigs live. They're not clean. (laughs) It's pretty dirty in the pig pen, and there's always some kind of water. I hope it's water that you see, and it gets still sometimes. And when you see still water, it becomes a mirror. And then I see him. I picture me in that. When I look back down in that water and I see a picture of myself, and that's when, in, in Luke, he says, when he came to his senses. And that was when it happened to me, is when uh, my wife took the kids and said I could not come home until she said so, not see her or the kids. We had four children. And that broke me. That was when I had my when Donald came to his senses and realized that I can't do this on my own, and I asked God, you know, I attempted suicide, and I asked God, I said, you have to help me. 
there's no way I can do this on my own. I can't do it any, anymore. I, I need something. And he told me in a small voice, that's exactly where I want you. So September the 8th, 1998, is when I came to my senses and I realized that I had to have a personal relationship with him. And that's when I gave my life to him. Mm-hmm. Not just my heart, my own life. Uncle, I'm so glad you shared your testimony and that part of your story because it leads me to ask, when you start your relationship with the Lord, it's really easy to be disciplined. You're on fire. You're excited. You're a uh, start, you're a new creation and you're just full of life and energy for it. Um, but as scripture even alludes to, it's easy to get distracted, um, to even drift from our first love, like it says in Revelation, the church did. What, what would you say to someone who started out full of spiritual discipline, but is slowly faded? Oh, that's, that's really, um, no, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, And I have, I've learned that there is, there is a, a way and it, it's so simple because it tells you all in his word <laughs> what to do. And uh, the one thing I ask people uh, every time I see them, I'll ask them one of two questions, if not both. The first one would be, you know, how are you doing? And the second would be is, what's your life verse? And I'm like, life verse? What do you mean? So what, what is the verse, that, what is a verse in, in the word that you hold on to and use it as as your uh, like a life preserver. What is the one that gets you through your struggles when you're when you uh, become and say, "Oh, squirrel, I get distracted," and you go on a tangent. What keeps you and pulls you back to Christ? And I was let you know uh, I have a life passage and a life verse, and the life passage is is in Deuteronomy. It's Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9, and it states this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames and on your houses and on your gates. And in that passage, it, it taught me, God showed me that one, I have to love him with everything that I am. Two, I have to learn his word. Three, I have to share it with everyone I come in contact to, not, not and specifically my family. And then the last part is to let everybody know by an outward appearance that I I am a true believer and a um, a man of God. So that's my life passage. My life verse is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. But I really love the message version. And it goes like this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. So my life verse, the very first word 
is the one that keeps me in contact with him, and that's trust. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, jumping in, into a lake, you have to trust that there's nothing, no no uh, obstacles under the surface of the water. You have to just dive in. And that's what God is telling me. He said, do you really trust me, Donald, everything that you are? And if you do, I'll take care of you. I'll help guide you on your day-to-day walk, on your thoughts, on your decisions, in, in your discernment of, of left or right or forward, if you trust me. And that, that little bitty two-letter word, if, which defines as on condition of, if I trust him, that he will help me on his journey. And if I love him, as in the life passage, I have the opportunity to share his love with everyone that I meet. Something that I am hearing, uh, just as a fellow listener today, is, again, the motivations behind this discipline, um, which we've seen the fruit of your life. It is disciplined. Um, But the motivation that I keep hearing from you is love and need that you don't it it seems like you're not like you said you're not waking up trying to be disciplined and so many of us want to be so many of us in our hearts want to live disciplined lives but I hear you say that you just have a clear view of the Lord's love for you and you have a love for him and then you see a desperate need you know you desperately need him do you think sometimes we don't shape our life around the Lord because we forget that we need him? Are we distracted from our need for him? Oh, distractions are, no, yes, distractions are the uh, the one thing that the enemy uses to get us away from a relationship with Christ. And um, one thing I learned, actually my grandson taught me this back when he was probably four or five years old. And I'm sitting, I'm actually sitting in my man cave right now where it actually happened. And, um, Back in the day when he was small, he used to come over here and he loved those uh, transformers that would go from a, a robot to a car and stuff like that. And he loved you know, changing them back and forth, back and forth. And uh, started coming down to the man cave and I said, all right, Joan, I'm going to go study God's word and do some praying. He said, uh, come on, Grandpa, can I go with you? I said, uh, Joan, um, I-, I need some time alone with God. He goes, I'll be quiet. I said, Okay, if you promise to be quiet, you can come down with me. So he, he came down in here, and I sat on the couch and had all my books spread out. And Jonah sat in the chair near me, and he was over there very quietly transforming his little toy from a car to a robot, back and forth, really, really quiet. And I was just, you know, every once in a while, I look at him and watch him. And when I was done, I said, Jonah... I'm very proud of you because you were really quiet. And he gave me time to talk to God. He said, Grandpa, I just want to spend time with you. And he taught me what real love, what, what real love meant. Mm-hmm. No, not just saying it or just, you know, or anything else. It was, I just want to spend time with you. And he broke my heart. And... Because that was God talking through him. He was about four or five years old. And telling me, he said, Donald, I want to spend time with you. 
And if you do, th this is how we learn how to love one another. I will love you no matter what. This is God saying. But when you, if you really want to love me, you have to spend some time with me. And that, that's what, you know, that's what motivates me. That the more time I spend with him, that he will love me. And then he will guide me. And my fear of abandonment just withers away. Well, I don't know what to say after that, but I do have a question. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Donald, what would you say to someone who wants to be spiritually disciplined? They want to spend time with God. They want to study His Word. They want to pray, but they don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. What would you say to someone listening who does not know what the first step is? Um. This is also another, for me right now, in this portion of my journey with Christ, it's, it's very simple. However, I, I remember how it was when I was there. And the reason why, I'll answer that in just a minute, was that I was listening, or actually I was watching a, uh, a sermon. It was either a sermon or a speaker on, on the, online. And I really don't remember what the guy said. But he had this PowerPoint behind him. And it was... I mean, it, it might as well have been you know, the lights and whistles of God saying, here it is. This is what I'm trying to tell you. And the, the PowerPoint said this. Become the person that you needed when you were younger. <laughs> Become the person you needed when you were younger. And that's why I do the things that I do right now. That's what motivates me is to become that person. And I can see the people who have... Uh, you know, abandonment issues, uh, addiction issues, uh, insecurities, because I was there. And I, I know what it's like not to have anybody help you. And it's not a very good position. So in order to start on the road of a disciplined life in Christ, you have to do the same thing you would do if you were in class in school if you have a question you don't understand any of the material that you're being taught at that moment what is the first thing you do when you're in class you raise your hand and ask for help and that's what you have to do you have to raise your hand ask for help but the person you ask is someone that you know that's further on the journey that you are and and it has the scars and has the experience someone that you trust like a mentor, if it might be a youth pastor, a youth leader, a pastor, or just an, an adult that you know is walking in Christ and help and ask them to help you um, on your first step of your journey with him in discipline with Christ. That That is such incredible advice and, and starts from such a humble place, right? Simple and humble and the person that you ask um, I imagine will be so excited to step alongside you um, and for those of our friends listening that don't know Donald and aren't around our community young people do feel so loved by him he invests in our community in many different mm -hmm. ways as he's already said and specifically young people who are trying to figure out what to do with their lives and if and when to follow Christ they feel loved by you and related 
and like that you relate to them. So Donald, my last question, um, because it's something that inspires me in your life. I mean, it doesn't have to be in the podcast, but my last question that I have on my notes is, um, you know, a lot of us think of ourselves as, you know, that at our faith is private. Um, but what I see in you is that your faith isn't private at all. Um, that it is something you are taking to anyone and engaging anyone who will listen um, on, which is really inspiring to me because I think it's what Jesus called us to do. I, I think it's um, why we meet people we meet. And But talk to us about the discipline of seeing every opportunity um, to share and, and glorify Christ with others. Does that question make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. Actually, I've been doing that a lot within the last four or five years. Um, I I did something that a person in Christ probably shouldn't ever do. And that is I asked God once. It was probably about four years ago. I said, God, please test me. I'm like, oh, oh, I had no idea what was coming. I should have. But I, I did it anyhow. And my goodness, did he ever, he has put so many people in my path. He said, that's the one. Talk to him. That's the one. Don't say a word, but act like my son in front of them. Even if they are awful to you, love them. I mean, it's hard. Mm -hmm. I'll never ask him that again, though. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I, uh, it, no, it, to live a life in discipline in Christ, it, it's, um, for me, it's, I can't say it's hard, but it, it, at the beginning it was because I said, how can anyone love them? And God said, I made them too. Mm-hmm. They are also made of my image. They're not a mistake. They're an on purpose. You love them as I've loved you. I'm like, oh, um, yes, sir. Are you present all- for those opportunities? Are you like for God to send you people, or do you just engage everyone? Oh no, is it? Well, I did that when you know to ask God just give me opportunities, test me, see if I'm ready for this journey. And I do pray for specific people by name. It's about thirty or forty of them every day, and um, and then I pray for groups of people. Oh, but when um, when, when uh, the day-to-day walking, I'll ask God, you know, just if I'm walking at work or at a soccer game or just walking along and say Walmart, I say, all right, God, who is it today? Mm-hmm. Who is, who's the one? Who's the one you want me to you know, show your love somehow, some way? And, you know, already in the kids, they'll say, why is it everywhere you go, somebody knows you? I said, well, I don't know. But it's like this. I don't know everybody that knows me. They come say, hey, Donald, how you doing? I'm like, hi. I don't know. I said, how do I know them? I said, is it, is it through Christmas, Emmaus, uh, soccer? Um, what is it? And I said, it doesn't really matter. And it really doesn't. I said, are you showing them me? Or are you showing them you? You know that new song that's come out? Not, well, not real new. By uh, Kane, it says, you know, uh, 
uh, the commission. Mm-hmm. Like, and, yes. And you no, know, the the main thing about that song that really gets me is this: "Go tell the world about me." And when I heard that song for the first time, I started bawling. I said, "You're asking me to tell them about you." One, what an honor. Yeah. And two, what an opportunity to tell them how he saved me from my pit. And when I came to my senses, he loved me when I was in the pit, before the pit, and after the pit. So, yes, every day, it's not, I don't ask for specifics as much as who's the next one. You expect it, though. Mm-hmm. Uncle Donald Tinsworth talking about spiritual disciplines and spiritual disciplines connected with our missions. Um, if it's okay with you, Donovan, I'll make this our last question for you. Um, explain to us exactly, you've shared a little bit, but what your um, prayer time and what your scripture reading looks like. Like, do you have any prompts? Like you're reading through the Bible chronologically or you're studying a certain book at a certain part of the year. What does that look like for you? Yeah. Um, I learned this from a young man on Christmas. I just, no, I, I, I don't remember what we were talking about. I just asking, you know, them specifically, you know, how do you read the Bible? How do you study? And he came up and told me this. Oh, I read every day. I said, okay, what do you read? He said, I read a proverb today. I said, really why so well there's mostly 30 days in every month and there's 31 chapters in proverbs so i read a proverb of the day for that date i'm like whoa my that's pretty smart yeah how'd you learn that he goes well i I just I, i don't know so that was probably about 10 or 12 years ago and i've been doing that ever since and I have learned, no, I have read the, the Bible, I think, two, three times through. We did it a couple times at church. And you know, we just had the list of the scriptures to read that day. And I've done that. And that's pretty cool. And we did a study of the Bible chronologically, which is really neat. Mm-hmm. That was a great study. But I've learned that uh, I try to focus more on uh, the proverb of the day and some uh, no, I read probably, I don't know, six or so devotions every day. Uh, one of my favorites is the Rick Warren um, daily uh, devotions. And um, I like to, not, not just, you know, because every time you read the word, everything, it comes different every time. So I've read through the uh, book Proverbs several times. And about every time I go through it, every chapter for that day, I see something new. Mm-hmm. every time and then I find out you know it's like wait a minute they just said that in a couple chapters ago it's like uh, Proverbs uh, fourteen twelve and sixteen twenty five are exactly verbatim the same exact words specifically and it says this Proverbs fourteen twelve says there's a way that seems right to a man but in the end it leads to death and Proverbs sixteen twenty five says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. I'm like, what? 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 
God, you're it's the exact same thing. And I learned about reading through the word that the same thing is said over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And then I think about when I was a child, my mom who raised me, she would tell me the same things over and over and over. And I'm like, oh. And then the light bulb went off and you're saying it over and over and over because you're trying to make a point. No, back in the days, it said, pick up your clothes, pick up, clean your room, don't pick your nose in public, don't pick your nose at all, do this, do that. I'm like, oh, mom's trying to make a point. Mm-hmm. Make me, you know, and God's trying to do the same thing over and over and over. It says, you know, if you read through, it says the same thing over and over. One, I love you. And two, share that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> share it. So that's how I study. I study devotionally and uh, reading specific scriptures every day, mostly Proverbs and some of the New Testament. Well, I don't have an actual plan, but that's what I do. Um, Donald, thank you so much for sharing so much of your story and your daily routine with us. Um, it's just so encouraging to hear the mechanics of how someone else is practically following Jesus. Um, and I know that I'm encouraged. Um, and I just am a testimonial, if you will, of getting to see you live this out, Uncle Donald, for my whole life. I've witnessed this and seen this, your disciplines and your walking with the Lord um, and your devotion to daily mission and ministry um so thank you for that uncle donna you've been a great uh, role model and inspiration in my life and we're just honored and blessed you agreed to do this and share thank you yes.